three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Gentlemen, theys, and gays, this is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you're having a great day, night, weekend, whenever you're checking this out. I've got a review for the latest uh, crime drama, American Murderer, which is directed by, and pardon me, written by as well, uh, Matthew Gentile, who actually did a short of this movie back in 2019, I want to say. So... Here's what's interesting right out the box about this movie. I like a good crime drama. I like stuff like The Town, even something like Street Kings, as cheesy as it is. I I, I dig on Street Kings, even. Uh, End of Watch, stuff like uh, stuff in that vein. And what I really like about this in particular is you have someone in Tom uh, Pelfrey who's playing Jason Derrick Brown. Uh, this is based on a true story, which I, honest to God, didn't even know that this guy existed, which was kind of insane to to realize. But uh, Tom Pelfrey, uh, Pelfrey, you know from Iron Fist, playing Ward, who's, he's such a great scumbag on there, but you know him from Iron Fist, uh, Banshee, playing Kurt Buckner, and then most recently Ozark, in ben da- uh, playing Ben Davis. Actually, also one of the best parts in uh, Mank, if you uh, saw that back in 2020. But... He's playing Jason Derrick Brown, and this movie takes place back in November of 04. So we're in the middle of the uh, the, uh, the George W. Bush uh, era as president. And what I like about the fact that this is based on a true story and that's set during that time is that you can see how relevant, unfortunately, the morals or the themes of the film still are today. And I'll, I'll get into that here in just a second. But... Long story short, Jason Dirk Brown, he's a fucking con man, and he feels like a two-bit con man at first. When the film opens up, he's at this, uh, you know, this shady-ass pawn shop, so I guess because just at a pawn shop, but he's at a pawn shop, and he's trying to pawn off this necklace, uh, not this necklace, a uh, watch, and I, want, I think a watch and necklace, and we just open up there. And he's talking to the guy, and he kind of goes, like, I'll give you a thousand for it. And then Jason just starts breaking down, talking about how this was my mom's who had cancer, and we lost my dad, and he's, he's putting on the tears. And you're sitting there going, all right, this really isn't relevant to the shit you're trying to sell. <laughs> and the way that we see Jason's manipulation so early on, it's something that makes you just go, oh, wow, you're a scumbag. You're not just a con man, you're truly a scumbag. And as the film goes on, what I love about uh, Matthew's, uh, Matthew Gentile's direction and writing here is that the movie does just enough to make you think he's learning. You, you know what I mean? Where, you know, it's the whole boy cried wolf thing. There are so many points where he's trying to get money from people or he's conning people. And you go, maybe he's learning. There are a few moments of brief, like, maybe he's getting it. Maybe he realizes he can't keep living like this. And then the movie goes psych. And it's it's so great how the movie is formatted in a way that's almost conning you at points. 
until you have that realization and go, oh wait, no, he totally sucks. And through this interaction, we find out that he's in debt to some very shady people who come up in this black SUV looking for him as he's trying to pawn these items off. And <laughs> I, it's very cheeky, but I appreciate that Gentile puts it in here just because I think it's random, but it's funny too. Jason flat out goes, sees the SUV, he's like, oh shit. And he goes, yeah, do you guys have a back door? The guy who runs the pawn shop doesn't even fucking question why. And <laughs> it's one of those moments where I went, I'm sure that guy who runs that pawn shop has seen some shit. So the fact that he's like, oh yeah, we have a back door. Just go ahead. I went, oh, that's dark. You take half a second to think about it. Just something, little, just something I noticed that I just went, that, that's fun. I, I appreciate that. But this movie's got a hell of a cast behind it. Uh, not just talent behind the camera, but talent in front of it. You get uh, Ryan Phillippe who plays a special agent, uh, special agent Lance uh, Leasing, who you know from tons of things. I love him, MacGruber. I don't think he gets enough credit for MacGruber. Uh, he's great in Gosford. Uh, man, he's... Oh, yeah, Gosford Park's the shit. I haven't watched Gosford Park in a while. I should... Damn, maybe I'll watch Gosford Park here next week. I, anyways, but, uh, yeah, you know Ryan Philby from a bunch of stuff. Idea Menzel, you know, she's in this independent movie called Frozen. You know, that did kind of well. <laughs> and, of course, in uh, in uh, Enchanted. And uh, you also have Paul Schneider, who I mostly know from Parks and Rec, but you also probably know from Elizabeth Town and Lars and the Real Girl. And you also have uh, Chantel uh, Vanison, who plays Jamie Brown, uh, his sister, who I like the way she factors in. You most likely know her as uh, Becca Butcher, of course, from The Boys, or from uh, Shooter. So... The cast, the cast in particular is, I think, brilliantly picked. And there's this scene, I'm not going to get too much in spoilers here because I do want y'all to watch this and have some of these surprises revealed for, for yourself. But there's this scene with Jason and David, uh, Paul Schneider, who plays his brother. And they're all out on this golf course. For me, that film is one of the most perfect encapsulations of who Jason is as a person. He's emotionally manipulative. He's pouty. He's whiny. He's dangerous. He's basically Zach Morris grown up. It's really, it's really quite fucking creepy. Even down to the hair, it's Zach Morris, uh, very Zach Morris esque. But something I love about the movie, as far as how it's presented, it's almost presented like a documentary series within a film because we're not following Jason always in real time. We go through flashbacks and things like that. In particular. We get to see a lot of uh, a lot of film from Ryan uh, Philippi's point of view while he is interrogating people and asking him questions about Jason. And there's a certain level of glee that <laughs> that the agent seems to get out of trying to just completely destroy and deconstruct who Jason is to Melanie. And it's a very interesting little little subplot there that. I found I found really interesting as the film goes on because Melanie at points you kind of see her kind of raise her eyebrow or kind of look at the ground as uh, as a special agent is telling her these things and you can see the internal conflict and Menzel does an incredible job of relaying that without saying anything just in her facial expressions but it's heartbreaking because you think about what Jason is yes as I mentioned he's a scumbag he's a con man but he's not that to everyone. He's a son. He's a brother. He's a lover. He's a 
surrogate stepdad. And it's really interesting how you see how, even though he's a total piece of crap, these other people can't see that because they've never seen that side of him. And even David, who Jason does something for David that I won't spoil, and the way he brings it back, uh, brings that back up on the golf course in a way to manipulate him, you just go, oh my God, you're such a piece of shit. And it's it's fascinating how Jason, as this group, as this, these mobsters were coming after him, as the room starts to get closer, as the walls start to close in, and you see that desperation that he has, how he's just going through every trick in the book, every con he knows, every charm that he can lay on. You're just going, oh man, like you feel the desperation, and it's it's fascinating to watch. Uh, there's a scene in particular where Jason is talking to Melanie, and her kid comes up. I, I can't remember what her kid's name is, but he's talking to him, and he, he the the kid goes, "Yeah, my mom doesn't want me to play this video game." You know, she says it's too violent. And and he goes, yeah, fuck that. We're going to go ahead and play this game. And it's kind of done as a, like, uh, oh, wow, really? For a second? But when you kind of take the second and think about it, you go, oh, he's being, like, he's being a strong male figure for this kid who doesn't have one. And while she never comes out and directly says it, Melanie, you can kind of tell, is, is hitting that grind of the single mom uh, hitting that wall of the single mom shit. And I, I think that's something that movies don't do a great job at points of conveying is how being a single mom is just insane. I mean, I have several friends that unfortunately are in that boat. The fact that she's willing to have a guy who she's known for like three weeks, I think she knows him for that point at that time, to go ahead and watch her kid, you go, that's a little that's a little soon. But you you understand why she's in that why she feels like she's able to because Jason Jason charms the shit out of her he uh, she sells him a house or rents him a house and he flat out asks her out right after or right after the, he signs the papers you go god damn this guy has no shame but it's weirdly worked for him and i think everyone has had this friend or met this guy where you feel like the person's just coasting through life and you go how has no one shot you yet and <laughs> And Jason, Jason come, puts that across perfectly. There's this point where he's on this boat, and it's not a huge boat, but it's a boat. He's got you know some girls on there. It's, it's very girls gone wild, honestly. And you know he's talking about, oh yeah, like don't drink and drive, woo. And he's just he's being a total bro. And it's one of those moments where you go, this guy is so obsessed with his reality and maintaining this level of status that he has no matter what. And at some point, you know, the shit is just gonna, the, the bomb's gonna fall, fall out. And without spoiling things, the last 20 or so minutes is, ah, no, I didn't even say the last 30 minutes of this. It gets more intense and more intense. And you remember in The World Is Not Enough where Bond is like, trapped to that table and as uh sofia uh, what's her name merso i believe is uh turning that dial and choking the shit out of him that's how the tension feels in this movie because you know the por uh the the porn shop that'd be funny the pawn shop that alone the fact he's being chased that early in the film that's terrifying enough as it is but when you see him go to his mother trying to get money he and she's like absolutely fucking not that's just another 
that's just another bit of tension that makes you go, oh man, this guy is kind of fucked at every turn he's trying to make. His mother, Jean, I think that's how you say it, uh, J-E-A-N-N-E, yeah, I think it's Jean, but she's played by the amazing Jackie Weaver, and for me, she has the best scene in the movie. There's a scene where, uh, she was actually really good in Father Stu, even though I don't like Father Stu at all, she was actually really good in it, but... There's a scene where Jason goes to her house and we find out through this interaction that that he hasn't seen her in three years. She is just sitting on the couch and he comes in like, oh, hey, mom, like, it's so good to see you being very, very chummy. And he pulls out this pamphlet that looks like you would have done this at, you know, a, a FedEx Kinko's, just this lame ass, like no, no art style, no pizzazz, no real effort put into it for this lame fake business that he has going. And he's talking about how people have been investing and they're making money hand over foot. They're making three times what they're investing. And so he asked her if I think 20K and the way that whole scene plays out is something that I just adore. Because she's one of the few people in this movie that actually gets a chance to call him on his bullshit. And she does it in a way that you see uh, Tom Pelfrey and he sells the shit out of this in the scene. He goes in and he's looking at the ground and like he's shaking. And he's like, he's almost like uh, Paul Dano in The Batman when Batman basically goes, you're a piece of shit, I hate you. And he starts going, no, 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 like doing that shit. You see Jason just shaking, just feel how pissed off he is that he's being called on his shit and that he can't out charm or outwit his mother that she's completely astute she's very aware of the game he's trying to run and pull on her in that moment that's one of the few times where i thought oh jason gets it jason might be able to actually turn his life around get this shit figured out and stop being an asshole and just when you think just when you think he might have learned something. He looks back at her and goes, you know what? A year from now, I'm going to be on this beach drinking, you know, drinking martinis, drinking tropical drinks, and you're going to be home here by yourself, you withered old bitch. I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he says. And you just, and in that moment, as the viewer, I went, yes, yes. I am so happy that this guy is pretty complex, especially given the runtime, but the fact that this guy sucks so bad and... It really does make you as the viewer ask that question of when you think about all the cons that have been pulled off throughout history, you know, whether it's the Ponzi scheme or you think about Bernie Madoff, you know, it, it's um, it's crazy to think about how often this has happened and how often it honestly continues to happen. And that's a question the movie asks that as the audience, that's something to dwell on is how do we keep getting con not just as you know individual people, but as a society at large? You know, how does this keep happening? And why do we allow it to keep happening? Why do we continue to allow sociopaths to go ahead and do this shit? And I mentioned her earlier, but Menzel's Melanie, there's this point later on in the film where you almost feel like she gets it. You almost feel like she understands who Jason is. But the question is, what's, you know, that difference between knowing who someone is and accepting it or not accepting it? That that's something that she just portrays so well, and that takes me to Chantel uh, uh, Van uh, Van uh, Van Satin, who I mentioned earlier. She her relationship with her brother is so complex, and I do wish this movie was a little longer. And I'll, and I'll get to that 
in a moment, but there's a point where Jamie's talking to Jason. It's that sibling relationship that you have that's so important to you. You feel like Jason and David have just grown apart so much, it could never be what it truly once was. But you feel like Jamie and Jason still have that level of relationship. There's a great flashback early on, uh, or back to when they were kids, where they flash back to their dad, David Brown Jr., who's played brilliantly by Kevin uh, Corrigan. You, of course, know him from... I always think of uh, Grounded for Life is what I think of, but uh, The Departed, True Romance, Pineapple Express, he's great in that. But he has this whole kind of speech about how, oh, yeah, your mom's not here anymore because she's, you know, she was a weak, dumb bitch. Again, paraphrasing. But that moment, Jason laughs at that shit. Jamie's fucking angry. She goes, no, you're fucking lying. And, you know, they're kids. And you realize that even though Jason is laughing he does care about his sister and it's it's one of those relationships where when you get to see it on screen and you get a lot more of it in the back half of the film but when you see them interact you do feel the love there which is why when you realize what a piece of shit jason is and jamie having to confront that i, I it's so well done and it's really captivating my really only real complaint is I really do wish it was longer. I think this is, I think at two hours, this actually probably would have flowed a little better. Um, You know, actually, now that I say it out loud, I know, I know Matthew did a short on this, and, you know, and obviously expanded into a movie. I think a miniseries of this, like a six episode miniseries to really flush the characters out would be captivating. I wouldn't change anything casting wise, but Considering this movie is under two hours, it's like an hour, it's like an hour, like an hour 30. Okay, yeah, no, it's under two hours, it's an hour 44. Uh, yeah, I, I think I had like a two hour, 10 minute runtime of this. We could have gotten some more of Jason as a kid. I would have liked to learn a little more about uh, Lance, uh, Lance Hessing, uh, Lessing as well, the, uh, the special agent, because he has a very, oh God, Russell Crowe quality to him from uh, American Gangster. But, you know, we get to learn more about him outside of him just wanting to hunt uh, Frank Lucas down. I, I wish we would have gotten just a little bit more of uh, Ryan Phillippe's character. But really, I think this is a hell of a movie. I had a lot of fun with this. Um, this is something I'll definitely end up buying at some point. And the interview I had with Matthew will actually be up uh, next week uh, when uh, the film comes out on digital. So that'll be on the twenty. 28th you'll be able to rent this and it is in theaters now but this is a solid b for me i had so much fun with this uh this is something i definitely watch again i'll probably end up showing uh, this to my partner but yeah absolutely check this out it's well worth your time but american murderer have you seen it what did you think of it you can let us know in the comments you can follow yours truly on the twitter at j hunter real pineapple that's r-e-e-l pineapple you can follow uh like both of our pages on facebook at the real pineapple and real pineapple games don't forget to like share and subscribe uh you can check us out most places you listen to podcasts soundcloud apple google podcast podbean stitcher iHeartRadio. Spotify, Amazon Music, Tune Up, and Samsung Podcast at The Real Pineapple. You can follow me on Letterboxd at Black Shazam. And you can follow me on TikTok at Black Shazam 775. Oh, one more. You can follow me on 
Twitch at twitch.tv slash jhunter real pineapple. That's R-E-E-L pineapple for all of them. But thank you so much for listening, everyone. We're going to have a review of a Black Panther leading up to Wakanda forever. We're going to have a review for Let the Little Light Shine uh, dropping this amazing documentary that I've been mentioning. Uh, that review will be up first week in November, as well as my interview with the film, uh, the documentary's director in Kevin Shaw. Um, that was a great conversation. I'm so excited to hear uh, for y'all to hear that interview. I'm so happy that I got to uh, speak with Matthew uh, G- uh, Gentile. I'm, I'm so excited for y'all to listen to that interview as well. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. Take care of each other. Tell someone you love them today, and we'll talk to you soon.